0: There we are, another episode of Miami Total Football Radio, or Miami Total Football Radio. Franco Punizo and Simon Evans here in the house at the start of the week on Monday night, the night before Inter-Miami travels to take on the Philadelphia Union in the League's Cup semifinals at Subaru Park. Big game. Inter-Miami will play another game regardless of tomorrow's result because they'll either play in the third-place game or they'll play in the final, which they could potentially host. We will, of course, dive into the matchup. We will dive into the latest team news. We have to talk about Leo Messi. Is he injured? Is he not injured? Is he healthy? What state is he in uh, heading into tomorrow's game? And, of course, we will also talk about the most recent victory, although we'll do that at the tail end because today was a newsy, newsy day. Um Maybe not a whole lot to make out of it, or maybe there is. Just depends on on your point of view um, and your vantage point. So first we'll welcome Simon to the house. Look, Simon's wearing a hat. He just took off his glasses. Simon, how are you doing today? Oh, I can't hear you, Simon. You're on mute. Now you're unmuted.
1: R- rookie era, rookie era. Yeah, it's my <laughs> J.J. Watt Burnley hat, uh, which despite a 3-0 defeat to uh, Manchester City on Friday night, uh, I'm I'm still going to wear my Burnley hat. I bought it to wear on this show, you know, because the last time was like unbranded. <laughs> Is that what we're just going to call you,
0: and Burnley, and Burnley? Like, it's just, I mean, that's what it would be called in Spanish, right? Burnley would be Burnley. So, I mean, that might be your nickname because every every pod there's a Burnley reference, every single
1: one. I got, got it in early this time, though. So.
0: <laughs> um, so, Simon, I mean, we were at the game on Friday night, and it me pretty much cruised to a victory there. So we'll leave that for the tail end. Again, we'll start yeah. with more of the newsier stuff, more of the look-ahead stuff before we look back. Uh, we'll try to make this one a little bit shorter than usual because it is Monday, um, and obviously the game's – there's a quick turnaround between when we record until tomorrow, so the game. Um, so, Simon, let's begin. Let's begin with – The development that we saw at practice today, and that is that Leo Messi seemed to, even if only slightly, roll his ankle or bend his ankle. Depends on how you want to describe it. But Messi during training, and I just missed catching footage of this. I was recording on my phone, and I just stopped recording. Um, But I saw it through my phone because obviously we're a little bit further away, so you had to do the whole zoom in thing. But you see him roll his ankle. And he kind of hobbled for a couple of steps, shook it off, and then continued to train during the five to ten more minutes that media could see in training here on Monday morning. Uh, Now, there is footage of that from ESPN Argentina, which is on my Twitter handle, at Franco Panizo. So if you want to see the moment that I'm talking about, where Messi slightly rolls his ankle, you can see it there. What I will show you is footage that I had after this said incident, which is where he's still going about through the drills. Again, he finished the drills or he kept going through the drills from what we could see. Then we were removed. Don't know if he continued on through the rest of training or not. Um, but I'll show you what we did see. And you can tell me, Simon, as well as any viewers, what you think about it. Is it normal? Is it okay? Is it no no big deal? Or is it something to keep an eye on? Let's look at a couple of moments for Messi in training on Monday morning, after this moment.
1: So finding you
0: there? I mean you were able to pick him up, right? He was the one with the gray shirt, no penny in the middle.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he we, lifts up we... his
0: left leg. He lifts up his left leg, right?
1: He does, yeah. But um uh, is he being just conscious of it? I don't know. I mean, if he'd seriously injured his ankle, he's off the training ground. But right? well no,
0: right. I'm not saying it's a serious thing, but let's look at it one more time. Because he does lift his leg his left leg up, which is the one that is the ankle that he that he slightly rolled or tweaked or however however you want to describe it.
1: I mean, I don't think there's a great deal to see there, to be honest. Is there? You know. Okay. Like so I that's say, it...
0: that's the first one. I'm going to show you a different one now, Simon. I'm going to show you okay. a different. And this is I showed you that one first because yes, it, it's it's not a it's not something to make a whole big deal about. But right. I want you to see this one, and then we can talk about it in a little more detail. This is a different clip. it stuttered there at the beginning for you like it did for me did it stutter for you
1: it did yeah
0: all right so you (laughs) completely missed the whole the whole movement all right so he's receiving a pass here in training and the way he controls it is a bit awkward something you don't normally see from him again let's take a look let's see if it works this time
1: Yeah, that is a little bit weird, isn't it? So, this time yeah. you, saw
0: it, you saw it clearly this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of it stuttered course. for me again. So, I just want to make sure that it, at least it came through clearly. On yeah, the, no,
1: that was, that was a slightly weird movement. But I repeat, I think if he had an injury that was in any way like a risk of being, you know, ligaments or, or anything that might keep him out of action for any period of time, he's off the training ground getting treatment. He's not I mean, up,
0: abso- right. abso- absolutely. Like, I- I'm not saying it's a very serious injury, but it's something that, look, players play through knocks and niggles all the time, right? But it- if he is heading into Tuesday night with a little bit of a strain or a little bit of a sprain. It's, it's of interest, isn't comfort, it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's not playing at 100%, right? And that could impact it. Uh, now, I did ask Santa Martino in the Monday morning slash afternoon press conference about Messi and whether he was able to finish the practice in full. And Tata wasn't, I mean, he answered the question, but he said something that, I mean, I'll let you guys interpret for yourself, then I'll tell you what I think. Because he, it's in Spanish, so I'll translate afterwards or I'll paraphrase afterwards in English. But this is what Tata Martino said when I asked him outright if Messi was able to finish the practice.
1: Yo estuve en una parte del entrenamiento porque después teníamos una charla y la estaba terminando de preparar, así que no vi exactamente qué pasó,
0: pero imagino que si hubiera sido algo serio estarían todos escandalizados y como estaban bien, creo que no pasó nada. No votaron, no sacaron, pero... <risa> So, Simon, you're, you're our uh, go-to translator here. So do you want to give it a shot or no?
1: No, you can go on that All one. Right. All right. You can so go. This is this... too serious to, for an amateur to <laughs> mess around with.
0: So this is – I translated it on Twitter. Uh, this is what – quote, I was only at a part of the session because I had a meeting afterwards and was finishing preparing. So I didn't exactly see what happened. But if it was something serious, I'm sure everyone would have been shocked. Since everyone was fine, I imagine nothing happened. End quote. And he said it with a smile. What do you make of that comment?
1: And then what did you say? You didn't translate the bit that you came back with. <laughs> well, I told, I told them, I was like,
0: well, we got removed. So, you know, we, I mean, we, how can we be uh, up in arms? I don't know if he meant the team or us, but I just said, you know, well, we got, removed,
1: did he so. tell you to show some respect to that? Song, <laughs> uh, um,
0: what? Um, Simon, I mean, do you believe that response? Do you like, does that, does that pass the sniff to you?
1: Um, it would make me think twice. Um, it's, it seems, uh, I mean, if you wanted to be cynical, you could say it's a convenient absence there, couldn't you? But, um, let's see. I mean, I I think, yeah, he he may not have been there and he doesn't want to comment on it, but he, he, he seemed to be laughing it off. But, uh, who knows? Who knows? Obviously there was a slight issue there. Yeah. I mean, at least a slight issue.
0: I mean, he, he clearly is like, oh, I wasn't, you know, I don't know. But see, I don't – and this is maybe I'm cynical or, you, you know, you can put whatever label you want on it. He's the head coach. Messi is the star player. They play a semifinals tomorrow. I cannot imagine that he does not know what happened or he didn't see what happened. Or like, I, I just – I can't imagine he's like, oh, he's like, well, I have to go to a meeting, so therefore I am –
1: well, one thing's for sure, if Messi had, had picked up a serious injury, somebody's calling him, right? If he's no, in a meeting, somebody's absolutely. calling and saying, hey, Messi's just hurt his ankle. Absolutely. Like, you can't completely rethink your game plan for tomorrow. <laughs> so Obviously, that hasn't happened.
0: Uh, I mean, listen, Messi has been superhuman like throughout his career, by and large, in terms of injuries. And, you know, when he's taken some pretty hard and rough tackles, he's still managed to get right back up, by and large, and continue playing. Um, so, I mean, listen, I, I think he's playing tomorrow. I just don't know if he's going to be hundred percent. Now there's also footage and it's not my footage, so I can't share it with you here of him getting off the plane in Philadelphia. And he's got, he's got like a, a suitcase in his right hand and he's coming down the, you know, the stairs that they put on the, on the plane there. And he's holding on to the rail with his left hand. And to me, he looks like he's hobbling a little bit, a little bit. Again, I'm not saying he's completely out for tomorrow's game. Um, clearly he traveled with the team, but I don't know if he's 100%. I don't know if he's 100%. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. We'll see how he performs. Maybe he scores a hat trick tomorrow, and um, all this for me is is for not But uh, definitely something to to keep an eye on going into the game.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. I thought, I thought I
0: lost you. I thought I lost you there. Uh, we got some comments here. Panaldo says Messi the GOAT. Lou Lopez says, I might not agree with all of Franco's opinions, but I respect the fact that he asks about the team and not just Messi. I mean, th- there have been a lot of Messi-oriented questions, not just today, today with, you know, with understandable reason. But listen, it's Messi. I mean, he's the one that draws the headlines that gets the attention. So I understand why a lot of media members ask specifically about him. Um, of course there is a team to cover. So, you know, we try to do our best to, to c- cover everything, but Messi of course is a, is a massive, massive talking point, massive bullet points, uh, overall. I mean, let's, let's talk about the game. Let's assume Messi is starting tomorrow. We did, we'd ask okay. less
1: questions about Messi if we actually got to speak to Messi.
0: <laughs> um, maybe soon, maybe soon, maybe, maybe things are going to change on that front soon. Um,
1: well, I mean, if he if he's not going to do a, a press availability before a final, that would be uh, very disappointing. Well,
0: we'll see. Let's see. we'll see if they get to the final first. Simon, you're already counting them as
1: no, I'm uh, not no, winners. No, no.
0: Penalzo says, Franco, you need to relax. Messi is all right, so don't worry.
1: Franco Fire. always needs to relax. I'm always telling him he needs to relax. <laughs> just, just calm down, Franco.
0: <laughs> Simon, all right, let's talk about the game. Tomorrow. Let's assume everyone who is available can start on the road against Philadelphia Union, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference for many years now. They were MLS Cup finalists last year. I mean, what type of game should we expect? What type of game do you expect?
1: Um, the game I expect is the toughest game of the Messi era for Inter Miami. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, as you say, you know, a, a, a reliably solid top team in MLS for a number of years last year they were uh you know beaten finalists this year they made a little bit of a slow start in the league but I think uh that was mainly down to their CONCACAF uh, Champions League uh double duties which is is tough early in the MLS season it's more tough I think uh, than when European teams start playing in the Champions League in September or something because it comes actually before they've even started the regular season so um, that's why they're, they're not flying high at the top of the East. I think they're a really solid side. They've had a few injuries recently. But by all accounts, from what Jim Curtin, the coach, was saying today, um, the three players who've been out, uh, which is uh, Ariandro Bedoya and uh, Daniel Gosdag and uh, Julian uh, Carranza, um, will all play some part in that game. Um, and I think that probably means Gosdag will start. And he's probably the most important of the three of them for the way they play. Um, if uh, if Carranza had a hamstring injury, but it's a grade one, he's not too serious, uh, maybe he can strap that up and play. Um, badoya has been out for a while, hasn't he? Old friend of yours, I think, isn't he, Bedoya? But he's he, <laughs> We go for, way back. For the national team days and everything, if I recall correctly. But... Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, he hasn't played for a while, so he might be one that's like used in off the bench. But um, Caranza has been, been you know, has been having a great time at Philly, hasn't he? I mean, I know obviously Miami fans have, have maybe a different memory of him, different recollections of him, but um, I think he's looked really, really sharp. But it's the collective with Philadelphia Union. They've got a great coach. They are really strong, solid at the back. You don't see them having games where they give masses of goals away very often. Um, they have a structure and formation that even when they lose two or three players, they're still a solid side because everybody coming Mm -hmm. in off the bench or from the reserves knows exactly where they're slotting in. So this isn't going to be like the Charlotte game for sure, Um, which was, you know, I think, um, I'm really glad that wasn't the first game for Messi, yeah? Because people would be saying around the world, oh yeah, it's Messi versus MLS because they, they looked like, uh, one of the weaker kind of MLS teams, which they're not actually. They're a fairly middling MLS team, but um, they didn't play well that day anyway, for sure. Um, we'll get to that.
0: We'll get to that, side. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll yeah,
1: but 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 it's not going to be like that. Philadelphia Union is going to be tough. I'm not saying it's going to be like the Dallas game either because I think uh, I think Miami have learned from that game a lot. Um, but I think it's going to be a real tough one. It's going to be a really interesting test of this team how would they cope against a team that are strong physically, are fit, are well organized, are disciplined, and aren't going to roll over?
0: It's it's bilingual time because es equipo que sabe a lo que juega. Like the Philadelphia Union have been together, this core has been together for a long time. They know what their plan is. They know how they want to play. It's defined. They have an identity. It's clear. I think. And again, we'll see how the match unfolds once the ball gets rolling. But I think we're going to see a game similar in terms of the first half of Inter Miami versus Orlando City in the Leagues Cup. I think right. we're going to see a very physical Philadelphia Union who, especially after seeing some of the tweets today and the videos and the images, they're going to get physical with Messi. They're going to challenge him and test him. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be dirty but I think that it's going to be a physical encounter. I don't think it's going to be like you just mentioned, the Charlotte FC game. I don't think it's going to be like the Atlanta United game, which were relative strolls in the park for Inter Miami. I think it's going to be a very physical game. Uh, If Inter Miami, listen, Inter Miami from a talent standpoint can beat anybody in MLS from a talent standpoint. Now it's a matter of if they are, you know, are competing from the first whistle, if they have the commitment and the fight and all the other intangibles that you need besides just quality. Um, because if Messi gets on the ball in the final third, then you know you're likely going to create some danger. So, and with the way they've been playing, you know they're in, they're in very good form. But I do think it's about the battles. I think it's about you know having that fight and that desire and that commitment um, to get through it. It's not going to be an easy game. I, I don't think Inter Miami wins this one by a blowout. Like against Charlotte, I think I said it on the video last week. I could see that. I could see a blowout against Charlotte because I just Charlotte just doesn't have that difference-making ability. Philadelphia Union doesn't necessarily have a star elite player. Despite having very good pieces, they don't have an elite star player. What they do have is a very good team, again, that understands what it wants to do, has a good head coach who's proven himself in Major League Soccer and can get the most out of them. And they're going to be up for the challenge at home against Messi. It's going to be a sellout, if not close to one. So, It's going to be a very interesting test. You know, Lou Lopez here says, do you think the team performance against Philly will serve as a litmus test in respect to how the rest of the MLS season will go? I think it's a very big test. I think it's going to really say what this inner miami team is Yeah, it is is a litmus test.
1: That's a good way of putting it. It is a litmus test. Because if the team really is going to make a run towards the playoffs, they're going to have to beat teams like that or teams Mm -hmm. of that level in MLS. So it's exactly that. It's a really good point.
0: Now, I wanted to share something that Jim Curtin said today. I have to, I have to find the quote here because I don't have the clip. They weren't up um, on the channels that we can access them to um, by the time I looked. So uh, this is what Jim Curtin said. And I thought it was very, very interesting um, with regards to the overall performance. And the the type of game he's expecting. And I think this response, I think this response sheds some light into the game that we're going to see from Philadelphia Union. Quote, everyone is talking about Messi, and that's natural. He's been incredible. For an athlete to deliver over and over, and every big pressure moment again and again for his team has been amazing to watch. But if you take away Busquets and cut away the surface, if you look at every goal they've scored in League's Cup, He either plays the pass that leads directly to the goal or, which is maybe more important, the pass that leads to the pass that leads to the goal. He's a really, really tough guy to get around because he's so intelligent, end quote. I mean, they're going to shadow Busquets, which is not a surprise. We've seen that from the last couple of teams. We saw it from FC Dallas. We saw it from Charlotte at the beginning of the game. They're going to try to limit the service he gets because then that helps limit the service Messi gets and the less touches Messi gets. The better your chances are of winning. Again, I think it's going to be a heck of a physical midfield battle tomorrow. I mean, I think it's no, there's no secret that you know the team's going to probably be the exact same starting lineup if everyone's ready to go. Um, you know, you need better Heaney in there for his range. I know you're going to smile uh, as I say as I say that because <laughs> he does he he does give you more industry than oh, yeah. than anybody else in that midfield right now. So um, you know it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I think the midfield is the key to the game. Whoever wins that midfield battle in terms of dictating the tempo, controlling, uh, controlling the game. I think it's not necessarily about possession. It's just about who controls what's done in that midfield. I think that's the key to the game. What what do you think the key to the game is? Do you agree with that? Or do you want to, do you want to dive into Jim Curtin's uh, comments in a little more detail?
1: No, I mean, that has been the game plan, as you say, for a few teams. I mean, Charlotte did it with Scott Arfield. They had, and I was watching him really closely, uh, because not just because he's a former Burnley player, but I was watching him, like. Um, and every time he moved, when the ball was nowhere near Busquets, when he was focused on another, another area of the field, he kept looking across to see where Busquets was. He'd clearly been told, your job is to keep this guy quiet and close him down as soon as you can. And they didn't do a bad job of that, and Miami did a pretty good job of of playing around that situation, which is something they're going to have to do sometimes, because sometimes people will be able to do that really well. And one of the, the things we know about Busquets is that while there's a good reason why teams want to do that, because his delivery is so good, his passing is so excellent, he's understanding with Messi, all that stuff we know. The slight problem with Busquets is, or the reality with Busquets is, he's never been the quickest, and and, and at this stage in his career, he's certainly not the quickest. So, um, if if he needs to get away from a man marker, it, that can be an issue. So they have to find a way to react to that. They have to find a way to apply pressure on other parts of the field, stretch them, so that the guy whose job it is to keep an eye on Busquets or the guys have have some distractions and have to start. You know whether it's Yedling overlapping on one side, whether it's another midfielder dropping deeper and Busquets Busquets moving more into a more advanced position. There are ways they can deal with it that I'm sure Tata has, has talked about. But that is going to be crucial because if you take that aspect out of it, uh, you do weaken into Miami. Having said that, that's all that came from people seeing those first couple of games where Busquets, especially the first game against Cruz Azul, where they came off the bench and were like immediately like you know, <laughs> playing like that with each other. Tiki-taka. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jordi Alba wasn't playing in those games. And we have seen that when Jordi Alba goes forward, and he's going forward all the time, I don't think he's been told to worry too much about his defensive <laughs> duties. Go forward, then somebody else. There's somebody else there who can find Messi in in a, in a telepathic way as well. So that's why, you know. And I, I will I will do a little mea culpa here because I I thought when I heard that Jordi Alba was being signed, I think I said something about are we is the club going a little bit too far here with the sort of Barca reunion and you know Messi and friends and all that kind of thing? But I can totally see why they, they did that and why Messi wanted him and why Tata wanted him because that understanding is there on that level and that adds a totally different element to it, um, which Philadelphia are going to have to answer that as well.
0: I thought Jordi Alba... You know, I did my player ratings, uh, like I normally do for Miami Total Football. Substack.com. Check it out, it's free, no subscription needed. Um, I thought that Jordi Alba was one of the best players against Charlotte FC, uh, especially yeah. the first half. You know, just constantly getting into the attack, constantly being one of the more dangerous players. You know, again, we're going to talk about that Charlotte game in more detail here towards the end of, of this show. But I mean, Inter Miami won that game 4 0, but you know. <laughs> A relative of mine said it was probably the most boring 4-0 to victory they ever saw because like, there wasn't a whole lot of attacking action despite what the scoreline said. I mean, Inter-Miami was clearly the better side, but it wasn't like they put a whole bunch of shots on target and were forcing the goalkeeper into save after save after save. No, no,
1: no. It was just a clinical
0: effort against an overmatched opponent.
1: Um, Business-like performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so
0: with this game, this game's not going to be that way. This game's going to be completely different. I do think, look, I think the Philadelphia Union, and this is just my supposition, just me, just you know, thinking what the game's going to look like. And again, you know, you're going could be an early penalty kick or an early goal, and the game plan completely changes. But just what I think is that you're going to see the Philadelphia Union team that doesn't care for possession like they normally don't. They'll let Inter Miami have the ball, but they'll want to control where they have that ball. Again, keeping Busquets off the ball will be important for them. So I do think that they will press and they will try to make it in Miami uncomfortable. They will try to block the passing lanes. into Busquets, mm-hmm. and in Miami, is going to need its other players to to deliver. It's going to need Benjamin Kramaski to, to help out in the attack. You're going to need Robert Taylor to help out. You're going to need a big performance from Joseph Martinez if he starts again. Um, or a bigger performance. I don't know about a big performance. But you need a better performance from Joseph Martinez. Like, it just can't always be Messi and Busquets. Because once you start getting to the better teams... You're going to need a team to start helping win these games. Uh, this is a good question from Tank Seven Two One. Can our defense hold up against Philly? Will it be a slugfest like the Dallas match?
1: That's a very good question because it is. We're getting good questions tonight. I mean, <laughs> I think, uh, no, I'm really, I'm really appreciating the, the listeners tonight because uh, it, it it keeps us on our game when we get good questions. It's great. <laughs> Are you saying what, we don't get do you think, questions Franco? sometimes?
0: <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think listen, I think it's going to be a tighter game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, a four to four type of game.
1: I, I don't. See no, that. no, I don't either. And I think I think actually, when you look at Philadelphia, Caranza's been like I say, he's been dangerous. He's scoring goals for Philadelphia, um, but um, they don't. They don't. They're not a team like um, Dallas who had had a, quite a lot of potency up front, didn't they? In in that game. And they flooded the attacking areas they don't do that Philadelphia quite so much. so I think uh, I do have concerns about into Miami's defense. I think that Dallas game exposed some some weaknesses that are maybe very difficult to fix They, they aren't necessarily tactical ones, but um, I don't think that that's going to be like a massive problem against Philadelphia. Um, because I think it's going to be more the game that you just described. It will be a tighter game. They'll be they'll be willing to give up, and they'll look to break on the counter probably. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And that is a problem. That is a problem. We we saw Jesus Ferreira for Dallas exploit uh, the lack of pace of of, of a couple of uh, let's let's say their names. You know Sergey Christoph is not the fastest guy, and uh, you know. Uh, Kamal Miller's a bit deceptive, actually. I think he's a little <laughs> bit I, I think he's a little bit faster than he looks, but it's not a defense that's blessed with a lot of pace. Uh, right. In the, right. In the middle. DeAndre Yedlin's
0: the only one that's that real, like you could say, still all right, quick, that's one of his he's strong he's points. Quick. Yeah, he's still so very that means, quick, yeah. So I agree with you. I think that's Philadelphia's Philadelphia Unions plan. Again, press it and make them uncomfortable. When they win the ball, go take off. Try to find those faces in behind. Especially, you know, you look at the FC Dallas game, and I mean, that's where it reminds me had the most trouble. Anytime they lost the ball in a bad spot um, and Pepsi Dallas could knock out some quick passes and get in behind, Inter-Miami was chasing the game and having all types of trouble. I think that is going to be the recipe that uh, Philadelphia Union looked yeah. to to repeat to try to win the game. And obviously they'll hope that they don't have an own goal like Farfan did uh, against uh, Inter-Miami. Because if it wasn't for that own goal, I, you know, Inter-Miami probably doesn't come back. That own goal gave them... Newfound life in that game, um, which obviously set the set the stage for Messi's incredible free kick. Still
1: can't I still can't work out that <laughs> on goal. <girl.
0: laughs> I don't think many people can. I don't know what was going on there. Um, I mean the
1: Robert yeah. the Robert Robert Taylor on goal. You see goals like that now and then. The guys at full stretch at full pelt. Just really really unlucky as that one. That one was just weird. Yeah,
0: it was very weird. That's why people are like, oh, the fix is in, the fix is in. We'll go back to Shark and Tech's question. I want to go to hash808K's question. Will we see the away black kit? See, Simon? You got all these tactical questions. Now you're going to get a jersey question. And listen, I'm a big soccer nerd, like football junkie. So all these little elements besides the game also fascinate me, like jerseys and the whole thing. Um, I don't think they'll wear the black kit tomorrow because Philadelphia's home colors are usually dark. Philadelphia could go light if they wanted to. They could wear their lighter top, which would then require Inter Miami to wear their dark top. But I, I think you'll see Philadelphia in their usual colors and Inter Miami in that pink. We'll have to wait. Yeah, that
1: again. dark dark blue is about as close to black as you can get, isn't it? The dark <laughs> blue that really wear.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You no. know
1: what I love about these tactical discussions? Though? I was just thinking this, right? I remember like a few years ago, when I'd occasionally listen to some podcasts about MLS and people were talking about tactics in a game between like New England Revolution and uh, Columbus Crew or something. And to me, it always sounded a little bit pretentious because I was like, is it really a tactical game? Is it really going to be that high level of a game that it's going to come down to tactics? Because a lot of MLS games back then weren't really i'm not saying there weren't tactics in it but they weren't decided by formations and systems and and whether you can cut out this midfield and stuff they were much more free-throwing sort of games and now we're having these conversations and the listeners know who we're talking about whether they're into miami fans or not because loads of people have been watching into miami's games who aren't into miami fans because obvious reasons but i think it's just this is this is this is where the messy impact is really positive for the game as a whole, is we can have conversations about tactically with Busquets and Alba and, and, and how Philadelphia are going to do that. And it doesn't sound pretentious or obscure, does it? It sounds like it's, this is a mainstream conversation about about a soccer game. I think it's great. It's, it is great.
0: It is great. Like, again, soccer nerd. So I've always liked diving into it and being thorough and taking deep dives into it. And hasn't always been... Uh, the easiest to do with MLS, and it hasn't always been, um, you know, with with the different players and, and a lot of similarities. It hasn't always been something that that you could really dive into in a whole lot of detail. Another great, now,
1: another great comment from the Steve Steve Munoz
0: says Miller is like a freight train. He's slow when he takes off, and takes a few seconds for him to build up speed. So yeah, that's what exactly say, that's why I said about him being deceptive. Yeah, his his acceleration uh, maybe not the best. Takes him some time to get up to top speed. Um, but then once he gets to top speed, then I mean, again, he's not an Olympic sprinter, but you know, he can he can help make up some ground. He's not an Olympic
1: sprinter, but I tell you what, Usain Bolt wasn't particularly quick out of the blocks either. He was never the the fastest out of the blocks. <laughs> are he you are you comparing Usain? No, I am not to him. comparing. <laughs> <to> Usain Bolt. <laughs> I'm going
0: to clip this moment and put it although, on, on although Twitter tomorrow.
1: I think his family's Jamaican, so he'd he'd be very very pleased with that comparison.
0: <laughs> uh, shark attack says. Franco, do you think Toto Aviles will replace Miller or Serhin? So I'll answer this question and again, we'll get into more details about the newcomers here in a bit. But um, Toto Aviles is training as is Facundo Farias. The only one of those two newcomers that has traveled to Philadelphia is Facundo Farias. Toto Aviles has not traveled with the team. He is staying behind to continue training with Jean Mota and Nicolas Stefanelli. Now, if you're asking me, Longer term, whose place does he take in the lineup? I think the easy answer is Sergei kristoff just because he's he's a bit slower. I think Kamal Miller, when he's on his game, and he wasn't against Dallas, but he has been in much of the other matches, you know, when he's on his game, I think he's more of a rock, uh, can give you more defensively than than Sergei kristoff I'm not saying Sergei Kristof's a bad defender, but I think Kamal Miller's better than him, uh, edges him, and he can also give you, you know, that ability to, to pass even more um, through the lines, he can push forward with the ball, the dribble, and push in, into and penetrate that midfield. So I would say Sergi Kristoff, um, But again, tomorrow, you're probably going to see that same center-back pairing between Sergi Kristoff and Kamal Miller. Uh, now, Facundo Farias is going, is going. He will be in uniform tomorrow. Uh, Tata Martino confirmed that today in the press conference. And here comes a question from Andrew Rogers. My childhood friend, who is now an Inter Miami diehard, I know this not only because he told me when I saw him in the most recent game, first time I've seen him in a while. Shout out to Andrew Rodgers, but he's also in these comment sections on a regular basis now. So, and it's not because of me. I think it's just because he's like head over heels about Messi being in South Florida. He says, "How do you see Fadias fitting in if he plays tomorrow? I mean, he's kind of come off the bench, right? He'll he'll be the guy that replaces Robert Taylor most likely, Like That's 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 what I think would happen. He's not replacing Messi, right?" Um, uh, unless Messi just can't go anymore for whatever reason. And he's not going to play up top as a striker. I think he comes in for Robert Taylor at some point to give some fresh legs or to give the team an attacking edge if they're in need of a goal. Um but yeah, he's he's ready to go.
1: He has will he played, has he played has he been known to play other roles other than the left side of attack? So All I attacks. asked him
0: I asked him today actually, because he, he am uh Tomas Aviles, both spoke for the first time. This was their formal presentation to media. Um, and Faria said, soy una media punta. Because I asked him, I was like, how would you describe your your characteristics, your your qualities, your skill set yes. um, to people who haven't seen you? And he said, media punta. Media punta means you play behind the striker, not necessarily out on the wing. But given how we know Inter Miami plays 4-3-3, three, three, I mean, there's no real 10 there. So... I mean, Messi is essentially the de facto ten. He's on the right wing, but he floats towards the middle, and, and he's essentially the, the number ten. So, I think he'll just be looked at, at least for now, on the wing to help give inter Miami another attacking option and another attacking uh, weapon in that way. So, I do think he'll make his debut. I do, unless the game's super tight and they just need to close it out. I do think he he does play. This is another good question regarding to Farias. Do you foresee Facundo Farias in the starting lineup further down the line, potentially replacing Taylor? That's a good question. That's a good question, man. It's a good question.
1: Um, it is a really good question, and um, I think uh, I think that was probably the plan. I'm keep it up, I th- yeah. I think cool. that was probably why Inter Miami w- thought that was an area that needed strengthening the team because you've got Messi on the right cutting in, so have a guy on the left cutting in, um, as well as having Alba on the outside. Um, but Robert Taylor has been phenomenal since Messi arrived. I mean, he really has. He's, he's, <laughs> I've had people in England sending me messages going like, Who's this, who's that Taylor guy? Because, like, they're, they're watching games as well, and they're like, Is he English? And you know, you have to tell them the story and all that kind of stuff because it's, it's like a very English name, Robert Taylor, isn't it? But, but, um, He's been playing so well that it would be really harsh to leave him out now. I mean, I would be really surprised if he is left out tomorrow, um, even with uh, Farias. Farias has to earn his place in the team now, but if he does earn it, you would think it's probably going to be at Robert Taylor's expense, yes.
0: Uh, So, Tata said today that the reason why Farias is being included is because Edison Ascona suffered an ankle injury of sorts in recent days, so that is the Replacement, um, okay. I, I I believe that, but I believe Farias was coming into the into the roster in some way, shape, or form for somebody. Regardless of Ascona got injured or not, I think right. Farias was going to be uh, an option for the team to help give them another attacking edge. Um, you are allowed to make three changes to the roster. This will be one of Inter Miami's three. In theory, they could make another two changes before the weekend game, whether it's a third place game or the final. Um, we'll see if they do. against Stefanelli. Uh, Aviles and Gene Mota are all still working their way back uh, or working their way to top fitness uh, and top sharpness maybe their are options for the weekend but <clears throat> we'll get there uh, later on Simon for this game I mean we talked about the key to the game we've talked about the type of match we expect what do you think happens? because again Inter Miami is guaranteed to play again on the weekend and if they win Either this game or whichever game they play on the weekend, they're through to the CONCACAF Champions Cup, formerly known as the CONCACAF Champions League in 2024, which is something Inter-Miami wants as an organization. They've talked about it since even before they started in 2020. They want to go on that more international stage. They know what winning that tournament can do in terms of catapulting you to the Club World Cup. So they want to get there. All they need is one win over these next two games to do that. Does Inter-Miami get that win on Tuesday night in Super Park? Or is this going to be the first real setback for the team? I mean, what does what your, your head tell you? What do you think happens in this one?
1: Well, I can only say what we said before, that it's the toughest test they've had yet. So that obviously raises some doubt about the outcome. But um, I just can't bet against this team uh, at the moment, against MLS sides, because they always seem to find a way to do it. Um it's going to be. It's going to be really. I think it is going to be a really, really tight one. Um, I can see a two-one either way, to be honest. But I, I do believe uh, into Miami we'll get to the final. We'll be in the CONCACAF Champions Cup, which CONCACAF will be absolutely delighted about, with their head offices in Miami, and uh, and having uh, Messi and Busquets and Alba playing in the CONCACAF Champions Cup for them, it's an absolute dream. Um, uh, not that that's gonna affect the result in any way, but um I think Miami will just about edge it, but it could go anyway.
0: I'm with you on this one, and i I normally don't like sitting on the fence and but I do see it that way here in this one. It could go either way. Philadelphia could win this one, um, just the smart, tactical, organized uh, game plan, or Inter Miami just because it has more quality, can you know get past that. Find the solutions and win the game. Messi can score a goal and get an assist, and maybe Philadelphia Union doesn't have the firepower to, to make up for that. Because um, then they'll have to come out of their shell. They'll have to have the ball. They'll have to look for it. They can't just sit in a block and, and then try to try to defend, right? So um, it can go either way. If I had to predict. Could go to
1: pens. Could go to it could go to penalties.
0: penalties. It could go to penalties. If I had to predict. I mean, I like to think quality. I can they it going either way, but I like to think quality uh, you know normally rises to the top. I know that's not always the case especially in football. Pero gana Inter Miami. Inter Miami llega a la final. I think Inter Miami advances to the championship game. Um it's not going to be easy. I think they're going to really sweat this one out. Um I mean they sweat they sweat the one against FC Dallas a good bit too, but I think this is going to be another real hard test for them. I'll say 3-2. 3-2 Inter Miami. Uh, wins this one again that that quality in the attack which in mls because the rosters are imbalanced tends to make the difference this is an all mls matchup even though it's a cup competition i think the the attack will will get it done and i think Miami wins um, so that means they have a chance to host the final if they play monterrey they host they host the final um, all right before we switch gears to the charlotte game just a quick question for you simon I don't know if you'll love this one or not,
1: but off-topic question for Simon. What's your favorite dish or cuisine? Wow. Um, that <laughs> is off-topic. Um, I absolutely love food and I love cooking. Uh, my favorite dish or cuisine, I lived in Italy for uh, eight years, so um, I can't get away from, from that part. of. Well, I think once you've experienced Italian cuisine in all its different regional variations and everything, I don't think you can uh, go back to, to anything else, really. But I love Indian food as well. Um, but, yeah, I would have to say Italian. And if I was choosing one Italian dish, um, I could live off, like, uh, ragu bolognese in any format, whether it be with, like, uh, pasta or, or in a lasagna. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
0: If you didn't say Peruvian, though, so I don't know. I think, you know, we gotta I do like the, Peruvian. Uh... Uh, no,
1: <laughs> Lomo Saltado would be in my top 10, man. It would. There we go. There
0: we yeah. go. Uh, Cara says, Ajisita gone Hollywood. Only one time since going to video. I know. I know. Jose <laughs> Armando, a.k.a. the beloved Island Jose, and Andrea Yanis, a.k.a. Ajisita. They are both uh, they've got a busy schedule. They've got a busy schedule. You know, they they went to the intermountain game on Friday. Then they had Marlins Saturday, Sunday, and today there's a hunter. They work hard, those guys. They do they, work hard. They work yeah. very hard. And there's a Honduran in town. I think they're playing the Houston Astros. I think. I think. Don't don't uh, you know crucify me if I get that wrong. But um, I think they're playing the Houston Astros, and the Houston Astros may have a Honduran on their roster. So you know, those proud Hondurans are going to be doing full coverage of that. So yes, that their schedules couldn't align. Um, for this one, but they did say that they will they will be doing a better job of attending uh, very, very soon. So let's see. Let's see. What other questions before we just quickly into the Charlotte game? I know you have to run in about 10 minutes. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Simon knows Loma Sartala. Look at that. Okay. People are impressed by your, uh, your food knowledge, Simon. Um, here's a good one. Here's a good one. From Tank, will the match take place at Hard Rock Stadium if it's an Inter-Miami versus Monterey final? Do the Dolphins play at home this weekend? Do you know that? Does anyone know that off the top of their head? Do the Dolphins play a preseason game at home? I know they played this this, uh, past weekend, but I don't know if they play. No, Dolphins are at Texans on August 19th. There you go. Which is Saturday. So Inter-Miami, in theory, yeah, I, I mean, could potentially be at Hard Rock Stadium. That's not inside information. I'm just going off the supposition. If Inter Miami gets the matchup it needs to host the final, I think there's a chance it could be held there. And, I mean, I'm sure Inter Miami would love to hold it there. They'll make more money. They'll have more fans in attendance. I'm sure Monterrey would still get a good, you know, decent turnout. But the majority of the people there will be going for Messi Inter Miami. And that would make for a heck of a home field advantage and a heck of an environment and atmosphere for the final.
1: It's a short turnaround, though, isn't it, in the sense that, like, it's not – not sporting-wise, it isn't, you know, Tuesday to Saturday or Sunday, is it? I can't remember. The final.
0: Uh, the final Saturday.
1: Yeah. So, Tuesday to Saturday is not bad for the players, but in terms of, like, if they haven't put plans in place yet, um, or tentative plans at least in place, <laughs> to suddenly to suddenly do all the marketing and organisation for a game at Hard Rock from Wednesday morning towards a Saturday game mm-hmm. is pretty tough. Jorge Mas did tell us, didn't he, that if they got to the final of the U.S. Open Cup and had the hosting rights, that they would look to do it at Hard Rock that game. But but he uh, talked
0: about that because they were already in the semifinals. You know, he didn't really get too far ahead of himself with the League's Cup. But I have to imagine it's an option. And if the Dolphins aren't playing on Saturday and that venue is empty, why not? Why not? It'd be be the first final in franchise history. You know, lower the ticket
1: prices. Lower the ticket prices, 50 yeah. bucks, everyone in, you know, and there's going to be, then you get it would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Because Oof, you'd have all kind of these it. thousands of people from South Florida who haven't had a chance to see him yet would be able to go up there for a final and see him maybe win a trophy playing against a Mexican team. Um, that would be a fantastic night. It really, really would. But, um, there's also part of me thinks that, like, you know, they, they've they got used to playing at Draft Pink and they probably quite like playing there now, you know. Uh, I bet even Messi quite likes it, but it's already feeling a little bit like home to him. So, you know, there, there might be some feeling that, like, let's keep it intimate and let's stick with uh, what's worked so far, but the temptation to get, what, we're talking about 60-something thousand, aren't we, I think, a Hard Rock, um, would be incredible, would be incredible.
0: We we can talk. I think it's a good question. If they do win, if that matchup aligns itself and that game does come to fruition, we should maybe see uh, or maybe talk about that. Should Inter Miami change the home venue or not? Like weighing the pros and the cons. Uh, All right. Let's quickly switch gears. Although Steve Munoz says the bum Dolphins should make way for a potential final. No disrespecting the Dolphins on this show. Hard Rock. Uh, I mean, listen, you guys are allowed to say whatever you want. You guys are allowed to say whatever you want. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not into censoring. So um, you know, all good. <laughs> Broward Heron says I still can't get over Andrea saying the hunter national team was the best in the world. LOL. I mean, she's Honduran. You know, she she talks with her with her heart. Um, Nothing you know, wrong she,
1: with she, a bit of national pride.
0: Yeah, so it, it's all it's all good. You know, um, I wouldn't say is the best team in the world, but I, I mean, that's that's who I watch and follow closely. Um, so all right, let's let's move on very quickly. Simon. To this past Friday's game, Inter-Miami vs. Charlotte FC, we've touched on it a little bit in terms of it being a business-like performance from Inter-Miami. They won 4-0. These were the goals. Uh, Joseph Martinez in the uh, penalty kick in the 12th minute, Robert Taylor in the 32nd. Uh, they got an own goal in the 78th, and then Lionel Messi capped the scoring in the 86th. So a 4-0 victory in the quarterfinals at home at Traffic Stadium on friday night this was the game with the least amount of star power i think only kyle kuzma was the the nba player was slightly like one of the only uh uh celebrities in attendance but anyway it's well, he's talking about the stuff on the field i mean anything besides the fact that this was just an overmatched opponent the Miami played a team that just wasn't up for it and was probably never going to be up for it just they just didn't have the firepower and maybe tactically they also got some things wrong
1: i think you know the interesting thing about that game for me was it wasn't particularly exciting it was the least exciting game of, of all of them uh, so far with messi um but what was interesting was they clearly after to after the dallas game the message from tata had been don't lose control of games keep control you're good enough players to control the tempo of a game and the direction and the flow of it and do that and to be honest, if they'd have played in a more open and natural way, like they'd played a couple of those games earlier on, they could have put like a lot more past Charlotte playing that way. But they didn't. They played to the instructions from Tata, which were, show me you can control a game. That's what I took away from it. And and that was quite impressive and smart way of doing it, actually. So, initially yes, the
0: game player... Cool. Initially, it kind of says Charlotte were so predictable, Busquets with the chef's kiss performance. So initially, you know, they looked to shadow Busquets. And they, they were, I thought they were doing an okay job because Inter Miami was just knocking the ball from side to side in the back. And being patient, it was early on, no problem. But I think once the penalty kick happened, then it was, that was it. Because then they had to change their whole game plan. And, it, you know, they just weren't up for it. They just didn't have what it took to match Inter Miami. And you know, a lot of players had bad performances for them. Again, the own goal comes from Addison Adi, Adilson Malanda, excuse me. Um, so, I mean, a lot of players just for Charlotte FC just weren't weren't up for it. And Inter Miami's defense, look to its credit, um, took uh, a step forward after that FC Dallas game. They got a clean sheet in this one. They didn't give up a whole lot. Drake Calendar didn't have to make a whole lot of fantastic saves. It was more routine like. So that was definitely a positive for Inter Miami. But again. You know, it, like you said, it was probably the least eventful of the matches so far, and that's wild to say because they won four to zero. But you know, it, again, there just wasn't a whole lot of attacking uh, quality in this one. This was Messi's quietest game. He was pretty human. Uh, he wasn't involved in the really in the first goal uh, or in the build-up to the penalty kick. Very little. Um, not involved in the second goal that Robert Taylor pushes home on a saveable shot. Um, Busquets did hit a great diagonal there, though. Uh, Messi, I guess he, he is in the lead-up to the third goal, right? He does play the ball out wide to, to Diego Gomez, um, but it's an on goal. And then the fourth one, he finishes off with a plum. So, I mean, super easy, you know, tapping from, from the middle. But, um, again, not an not a overly eventful 4-0 uh, to zero game, and he and Jermaine just took care of business. Let's quickly listen to what Drake Callender said. What was the key to the game, in his opinion? Something that I think they got away from a little bit with FC Dallas. I think that they'll look to correct. I guess the Philadelphia Union. What was the key to the game for you guys today? I think
1: possession. You know, I think you know it's humid he here. It's kind of a later game. Uh, I, I think our our ability to stay on the ball and make good decisions and get into dangerous areas was something that you know helped us win games, and uh, we were able to get into positions where you know our players were able to put the goal, to put the ball in the goal.
0: But we expect from in Miami tomorrow, right? Just possession and trying to get the difference makers on the ball to, to do what they can. Um, anything you want to add there, Simon? Anything about this game, particularly anyone that really impressed for you?
1: No, it was, it was a team performance. I, think, I honestly think that was a game where Tato was probably more happy with the zero on the other side of the scoreline than, than the four. I think he'd have happily won that game 1-0. I think he was upset by what happened at Dallas to see the team let everything get away from them and nearly, you know, 4-2 down and everything. I, I think he wanted them to show that they know how to control the game. And they did. Nice to see uh, Drake Callender doing media duties. Like, it seems to be like almost every time we go up there, Drake <laughs> Callender, he's going to get so good at speaking, that, that guy's going to be running for Senate when he finishes playing. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> Tank 7-2 in Charlotte has
0: the worst defense, and they were clueless on the attack. Gala says Campana showed a lot more interesting options in attack than Joseph who is Tatas. guy. Campana played a longer spell on this one. He got the assist on that fourth goal. Listen, he was offered a whole lot of time. Um, and, again, I think Campana shouldn't be starting over Joseph Martinez. It's my personal opinion. But, you know, he was given so much time and space to wait and pick out Messi for that low ball that Messi just had to tap home on that fourth goal. Um, so, I mean, he deserves merit and credit for the assist, but I'm not going to say it was one of the best assists I've seen all year or anything of the like, you know, the, he was given a whole lot of time to make that decision, uh, and to hit the right pass. Now I do want to, I do want to close out with this. I know you have, you have to run when Messi scored, this is a good transition into it. When Messi scored, you know, he hugged his teammates happy. He kept his scoring streak alive, his personal scoring streak alive. Then he goes over. Facing the sideline, the suite where his family is, you know, his wife and his and their three kids. And he does the Spider-Man celebration. So his third Marvel superhero celebration, right? He did, he did Thor, he did Black Panther, and now he's done Spider-Man. I just want you to hear what Kamal Miller said, and then I have a question for you. And then we can wrap it up. Overall thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's really cool. It's a, it's, it's a side that we haven't seen from him ever. Yeah. Uh, anytime during his career with these celebrations. So it feels good to know that he's very comfortable with us and he loves it here in Miami and just the uh, audacity that he has to do it. It, it shows how comfortable he is. And, and yeah, hopefully many more to come. Hopefully and, he goes through the whole and, collection. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Anyone in particular you want to see? Uh, Spider Man is my favorite yeah. Marvel character, so I'm pretty happy with that <laughs> one. I wish it was me. Okay. <laughs> Simon, it is fun that you know Messi's doing these celebrations. It's cool. It's nice. I'm going to be a bit of a party pooper, though, and I'm going to be cynical.
1: I know. Are, what these are, ce- are
0: these celebrations at all somehow tied into MLS's? agreement with marvel that that we've seen in recent uh in recent weeks this season i mean is that is this at all tied into that do you think obviously we don't know it's not inside information just our opinion do you think that it's all somewhat tied in
1: um do you think at some time we will see at the very least a social media clip which is a compilation of messi's Marvel character goal celebrations, accompanied by some content from Marvel, perhaps in the background, or some combination of Messi <laughs> and the characters. I wouldn't be shocked to see that, would you? I mean, listen, I'm going to
0: answer the question directly. You just answer the question with a question. Look, I think it's tied, and it's you know, it's nice. He does it with his kids and his family, and I'm sure that the kids love the movies. And you know, there there is something to all of that, but I think it's definitely tied in because, I mean. Three times in a row now, he's doing this whole thing. And the same year that uh, MLS announces and unveils like a jersey with like the Captain America shields on it, like too much of a coincidence for me. Too much of a coincidence for me. Kaya says final has to be a Thanos snap, uh, which is funny, uh, which is funny. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, well, I don't think he'll do one tomorrow. He hasn't done them away from home. He's only done them at home when he scored. So um, he didn't do any against Dallas. So.
1: Um, yeah you know, well that's interesting isn't it? if he's only doing it at home maybe it's for his kids maybe you
0: know? or maybe that's yeah. how they that's how they package it um simon anything you want to add before we close out this this show because i know you have to run
1: no thank you to the, to the listeners for those great questions i think this show works really well when we get get like really good questions coming in so let's let's keep it like that it's really good to be interactive
0: Broward here and says, I thought they were because his kids like the movies. Yes, that is the reason we are told. I mean, again, I'm cynical, so I'm going to say yes, that's part of it. But I think that there's other parts to it as well. Don't forget, Messi's getting paid a lot of money, not only through Inter Miami and MLS, but through Apple, Adidas, and other corporate sponsors. Right? So make it attractive for him to be here? Maybe.
1: Maybe. Have you you, you had a Messi burger at the Hard Rock yet? I have
0: not. I have not. I'm looking forward to it. I need to have the chicken sandwich, and then I need to have... Uh, the, the messy burger. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll wrap up with this. For me against Charlotte, FC, since we didn't dive into that game in a whole lot of detail. I thought the defense was, you know, the bright spot. You know, I thought the defenders looked better than the midfield and the attackers. Like I don't, I don't think anyone in the attack was overly incredible. Thought the midfield was okay. I thought the defense was where you know I gave my highest marks on my my player ratings. So Jordi Alba, uh, Kamal Miller, uh, Dixon Arroyo in the midfield, who's the defensive midfielder. I thought they were, you know, they all did very very well. Uh, tomorrow, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think the attack the players have to deliver. They have to make the most of it. It can't be a low-scoring game for Inter Miami. I don't think that they win a low-scoring game against Philadelphia. They need to score. Again, I think they do. I think they went 3-1. to one. We'll see how it goes. Um, so let's leave it there. Simon has to run to the airport. I've already taken up a little a few more minutes more than um, he – No, we're all good. He's been. It's been very enjoyable, that one. <laughs> um, but we appreciate you guys tuning in. And watching on short notice, I know I wasn't able to get this, um, you know, pushed out or promoted sooner. So thank you for joining us spontaneously. We'll do a better job at that going forward. It was difficult with the weekend and the turnaround and the schedules aligning. So we'll do a better job with that. But thank you for tuning in. We will talk some point later this week after New Miami's semifinal match against the Philadelphia Union. Should be a heck of a match. We'll talk to you guys in a few days.